Last time on Improv Tabletop, our misting heroes Shrew the Wise, Bart the Keen, and Ellis the Mystic had just managed to leave their would-be assassins behind them, and they headed further into the woods to find the river, which would lead them down to the ocean itself. Arriving at the river, they spoke with Logalog, and through a terrifying apparition, managed to convince him to take them down the river towards the ocean. And everything was going pretty well for the most part. Shrew was hidden in Lord Mellis's satchel so that he wouldn't cause any drama. But after a while, something slipped into the river and began chasing after them. And it was, in fact, an Inchisitor, a terrifying creature with mozzarella sticks in its eyes, a creature devised by Mastel the Stenchful to try and waylay our heroes from reaching him. They entered into a massive chase with the Inchisitor in which some cartoon physics were employed, and they finally managed to trap the Inchisitor in the river behind them and escape towards the sea itself. After Shrew the Wasteful managed to sway the other Shrews to his side and took on the new title of Shrew the Wise, they made it all the way to the ocean where they discovered some interesting things. A beach covered in swirling mist, doing things that they had not yet seen before. The mist is a little more magical in this place. Also, there are crabs all over the place. Also, it smells like sulfur. Also, the moon is falling towards the earth. <laughs> and we left off with Mustel the Stenchful himself striding slowly across the sands towards them. What's going to happen in this finale, this climactic battle? Let's find out here in the world of Miceborn. What's shaking, everybody? You're listening to Improv Tabletop, the Fate RPG actual play where we make up everything on the spot. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and today I'm joined by... Connor Wood. I represent the Termite Guild. Christian Randall of the Opposition. And yay, Verily Thomas is here to follow his game master into the depths. Man, you are placing me on some kind of pedestal that I'm not sure I want to be on. But you know what? I am in charge here. It's my podcast. So dang it, let's get into this thing. <laughs> so, I mean, like I said, we left off with your foe, your opponent, your nemesis, Mustel the Stenchful, striding through the mists, cutting a scar through the mists themselves as he approaches you and the closer he gets you can start to see the light from the setting sun glinting off of one side of his face that rhinestone studded eye patch that Lord Mellis had told you about and you hear the clomping of those aubergine patent leather boots, the sun glinting off them as well. And the closer he gets, the more you can see his entire outfit is in this dark eggplant purple leather. Just the shiniest pirate you've ever done seen in your life. As this creature walks towards us, could I try melting to just see if I can get something from the mists? If I could sort of like... I don't know. I, I saw this person that began this whole adventure and here they are in their physical form and I, I want to rely on the mists right now, essentially. Yeah, roll to overcome with clever to see if you can pick up any details. Oof. Not great, so I'm actually going to call on one of my aspects. This, I feel it's very important and very... Uh, this is a key moment. I, I know that then he's gathering all the cheese unto himself and trying to find one of his downfalls or how we can bring about his downfall. So I'm going to just invoke my aspect. I talk to the mists and implore them again to basically redo. <laughs> hey, hey, <laughs> let's try that again. You sure about that, miss? Yeah. Are you sure? <laughs> 
Ah, even worse. <laughs> that is a negative one. Ooh, that is pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, you got three fate points. You want to burn through them now right here at the beginning? Uh, three fight. I might not do that. I might just call upon one of our free aspects and do the what are you made of? Since we have two invokes with that, right? And I'm going to call both of those invokes right now and sort of like take a deep breath in and suck the mist into me and add four to that. <laughs> because I don't trust myself to re-roll and um, make that a plus three. All right. You in this moment, you're desperate. Like all of your anxieties, all of your insecurities and uncertainties, you've had this connection to the mist that you just don't understand. It's showing you things and you're trying to make all these connections. And in this moment, you just need clarity. So you inhale as deeply as you can. You feel the mist coming over your mind's eye. And when you open your eyes again, they are shining with this iridescence. And you see the world almost in this kind of ethereal plane-like state where everything is almost made out of mist itself. And it's a good thing that you did this right here at the beginning, because similar to what we did in the Tension Builders, I have given Mustel the Stenchful a specific weakness. <gasps> One of his aspects, his trouble, that is his weakness. And if you can't figure out how to overcome this weakness, you are not going to defeat Mustel the Stenchful and the mists start to give you a clue. They start to like, you see flashes in the mists. Things light up like in a video game almost. When you're using like your special eagle vision or whatever, something kind of glows. You look up at the moon and you hear that scripture that you mentioned at the very beginning of the campaign. And the Lord shall gather all the cheeses unto himself and it shall be his downfall. And you hear another quote ringing off behind you uh, <laughs> from the original Wallace and Gromit movie. Wallace saying, the moon is made of cheese. No more <laughs> otherworldly voices. The prophecy is true. You look back at all of the other crew members who had stayed behind by the ships. And you'd been kind of wondering, why is Mustel the Stenchful not calling them to come with him to back him up in this fight? And you zoom in on the rest of these crew members and you see that like half of them are melting cheese right now. They're melting cheddar, which is a very attractive cheese. Pretty much everybody is drawn to cheddar. These are lurchers. They have the ability to pull cheese towards themselves. <gasps> and you see this massive group of people all melting their cheddar at the same time, pulling the moon out of the sky itself down towards the earth. Because the moon is cheese. <laughs> This is going to have lasting effects on the cheese economy. This cannot go unanswered. And the very last thing that you notice as Mustel the Stenchful is striding towards you, he reaches into his vest and he pulls out a flask and takes a big pull off of it before putting it back into his vest. And there's this figure that appears in the mists and points towards that flask very emphatically before disappearing <laughs> back into the mists. Mm -hmm. um, I, at the beginning of this as well, would like to burn through something rather important, something I can only use once every session, but make sure that I succeed. I would like to use my disguise kit. And I want to go and I want to join the other side. Interesting. I knew he was a rat. <laughs> I ain't no rat. I'm a mole. <laughs> but I am dressed as a rat. All right. So, yeah, describe your tactic here. 
So as we approached the beach, um, we saw these things. I hung back and donned my disguise, making sure I was the furthest one behind, um, using my stilton as well, uh, melting that. I kept an eye out, made sure nobody was looking, and then I slipped around, went kind of long ways around the beach. No, I'm a mole. What am I talking about? I go under. I dig, 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 dig. There you go. And then I pop up with the other guys, and I'm just like, man, you hear that? Cheese and such. Yeah. Because an accent is 90% of a disguise. I'm convinced. Which is why I've been changing it so often. I just need to keep practicing. <laughs> exactly. So as you pop out of the earth, a rat just kind of digging its way out of the sand, uh, I'm going to need you to roll to overcome with sneaky to see if you can trick all these rats here. Oh. They're going to roll with clever to see if they notice. Be so sneaky. One of those beautiful, rare moments where all the dice are the same. Ooh. Plus five. Ooh, honey. And all of these bozos here got a plus two. Bozo it up. Um, I also put on a nice hat because that's the other 10% of a disguise. (laughs) Yeah. And you notice that, I mean, all of these crew members here are quite well-dressed. Mustel the Stenchful is obviously wanting to put on a powerful front. And the clothes make the man. Another part of having a good disguise. (laughs) What? No. (laughs) Um, I also would like to start handing out backup cheese for these people burning. Just in case. Nice. Help them steal the moon. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Got some um, real strong total betrayal vibes here. I would I would like to hand them American cheese. Mold. Mm. Which are we classifying that as a cheese? Are you talking about like craft singles? I'm talking like craft <laughs> singles. Oh, so you're not talking about like cheddar necessarily. You're talking no, 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 about I'm talking living plastic. Either that or like um oh what is that stuff that comes in that big block? Velveeta? Velveeta. So like either Velveeta or like craft singles. Whatever you choose, oh benevolent game master. So a thought is coming to my brain right now. I just need to check something real quick. And whilst doing that, I will say I did a little more research on Kasumatsu and it is rated the most dangerous cheese in the Guinness Book of World Records. So it fits your character perfectly. Yes. Living on the edge. So this is getting a little bit deeper into allomancy lore than just kind of the base eight metals. But I'm going to say, you know, you're looking at fake cheeses, processed cheeses, cheeses that aren't necessarily good for someone to put into their body. (laughs) I'm going to say that your American cheese slices that you are handing out in the place of cheddar are the equivalent of aluminum. (gasps) Let's go. Which in the Mistborn lore, when you burn aluminum, all of the other metal that you currently have is instantly metabolized and disappears from your system. So I'm going to I'm going to say save this for a special moment. It's got a kick. It's very sharp. And I I, I wave it around like it's a stack of uh, dollar bills. <laughs> okay. Blending right in. <laughs> My gut is telling me that I should make you roll one more sneaky check to see if you can pull this off. Hey, you've never oh. met me, but here you go. I am doing normal things. 90% accent, 10% the hat, the other 30%, that's confidence. Whoa. Oh boy. There's a lot of percentages to disguising <laughs> yourself. Yeah, Thomas, as the resident math major, how are you feeling about what's going on right now. Where are our odds here? <laughs> well, let me just do a quick calculation here. Um, so with the two pluses and two minuses, that's a zero, right? Oh, yeah. Indeed. So plus my one. Well, that's a one. These guys got a zero. <gasps> oh, <laughs> dunked on, boys. So I'm just hoping my friends can take them out because I'm just here to pull the sneaky. You have been incredibly sneaky this whole time. Pull the cheesecloth over their eyes, if you will. Uh-huh. So let's go back over to Shrew and Ellis. 
as you see this powerful figure marching towards you. It's just you two and Lord Melus the Wise. Is there anything that you guys would like to do before engaging in combat with your foe, the Dread Milkborn? Uh, yeah. I have a couple ideas I'm cooking in my recently wizened mind, and one of those ideas involves me saying goodbye to the other versions of myself. <gasps> what? Yeah, so I'm not gonna monologue at myself or anything, but I'm just gonna make a, uh, send some knowing glances over to, you know, my own projections of my potential selves, and just say, all right, Goodbye. <laughs> that, that, is, that is all I'm doing to prepare for this fight. That may be the most heartfelt Shrew's ever been. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you can learn and grow, and sometimes you just need to eat illegal cheese. And with this surprising amount of tenderness that Shrew is displaying, your alternate projections just look at you and they're like, yeah, yeah, okay. And then they disappear from your awareness. Okay, cool. I turn to Shrew and Melis the Wise, and I say... Whatever happens, our priority must be the flask inside his jacket. And as I look at you, sure, you notice that my hair has gone like half of my head is now white as well as I've peered into the mists and my eyes, I feel, maybe are a little bit more milky than what they were before. Ellis, you've been losing a bit of weight. Uh, stick with us a little bit longer on this one and we'll, uh, we'll get it done. I'll stay with you as long as I can. And I turn to Melis and I just nod my head because I'm not a heavy hitter. <laughs> and as Lord Melis tightens his grip on his great sword, preparing for the onslaught in the final moments before Mastel the Stenchful is upon you, he turns towards you, Ellis, and says, Are there any words of prophecy that might be able to guide us in this battle? Ellis looks up to the moon and sees this celestial body being pulled towards the earth, looks around, sees her friends, and they shall gather on the battlefield before his feet, but nay, he shall not succeed. For it is the cheese that rules us all. <laughs> and just bow my head after I say that. You close your eyes and a flash goes out from beneath your lids. And with that, let's get into our first exchange Whoa. of this final battle. Yeah. I'm going to let Mustel the Stenchful take the first attack. Favoritism. <laughs> He's been striding kind of slowly but confidently towards you. And as he gets within hearing range, he calls out and says, Why do you oppose my empire when all shall be mine? You could join me if you wish. All of the cheese that mankind could hope for is soon to be within my clutches. I unsheathe my paper clips <laughs> and I'm going to say, Yours is a rule of greed and selfishness. You will not survive this, Mustelvas. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> yeah, Melis the Wise looks down at you, and initially, as you're like speaking out against greed, he's like, holy cow, this person has changed so much. And then you start swearing, and he's like, maybe he hasn't changed that much after all. <laughs> <laughs> but as you string out all of these profanities at Mustel the Stenchful, his eyes harden, his mouth turns into a snarl, and he breaks out into a sprint faster than any of you have seen a living creature move. And he is going to just slam right into Shrew the Wise Ooh. as hard as he can. Going to give you a big old headbutt right in the solar plexus. Yeah. Going to attack with forceful. How would you like to defend? So with my, uh, not my dominant hand. What's the other one? Offhand? Yes, my offhand. Uh, as he is tackling me, 
I'm going to try and bring up the other paperclip blade. So I'm taking it head on, but I'm also trying to deliver a blow in return. Oh. That seems pretty sneaky to me. I'll say you can roll to defend with sneaky. We got a, a two. That's probably enough to get some milkborn. And Mustel the Stenchful got a five. Yeah, oh. that's pretty good. Okay, so uh, what happens from here? <laughs> yeah, he comes right. He comes rushing in towards you. His head lowered. He's taken his very fine tricorn hat and actually cast it off to the side. And you see like a billow of mist comes in and grasps it before it just falls and delicately lowers it down to the sand. I'm livid. <laughs> Pick a side, mist. He lowers his bared head at you. And as you lift up your dagger to try and strike him where he can't see it, it's almost as if he can see what you're going to do before you actually do it. And he reaches out with one of his hands, pushes it off to the side, and jams you right in the center of your core. Ooh. That's going to hurt in the morning. And like a Newton's cradle, he stops right where he hits you, and you go flying off like 20 <laughs> feet, stumbling across the sand. And you're going to take three stress from that hit. Oh, boy. That was an anime attack. <laughs> the cheese that has been prophesied. Ah. We have the power of friendship on our side. I like our odds. Uh, if this is an anime fight, the team as friendship is going to win. There you go. There you go. All right. Mustel the Stenchful, now that he's finished with his turn, is going to pass it over to Ellis, let's say. Wow. Um, Ellis is shocked at what she's seeing. She's seeing this power manifesting that she's only heard whispers about through the mists and through visions that she's had. She's shook and she does the one thing she really only knows how to and she starts melting as intensely as she can and she just tries to have a wave of emotion come over Mustel the stenchful and just try to dampen almost every emotion he has again like similar to what she did in the forest. Yeah, go ahead and roll to attack with Flashy. Come on, Flashy. It's a plus three. All right, Mustel the Stenchful is going to defend with Forceful to try and just keep those emotions up. Yep. That is a, another plus five. Oh. And you see, as you start melting your Swiss, he feels it, reaches into his jacket, takes another pull off of that flask, and snarls at you as he puts it back. I'm going to use another fate point, and I'm going to re-roll using my missed take. Mm -hmm. Here we go. That is a five. All right, so we're tied. And when you tie an attack, you don't do any damage, but you do gain a boost. Uh, I'm going to use one of the living caltrops. He steps on one of them, and I can invoke that. You've got free invokes. You can use them. Let's do it. Plus two. Plus two to plus All seven. Right. Bringing you up to a seven against his five. So you reach out, he takes a swig off of this flask and turns to face you. But as he's like going in, he's doing like that sumo kind of stomp to just plant himself. He stomps right on top of one of these crabs and it pinches him in the bottom of his foot. Ooh. And he exhales mightily between his clenched teeth and grits them together and reaches down to grab the crab and chuck it away into the ocean. He gives it a nice little bit of spin, so it actually skips like five times as it goes out <laughs> into the sea. Oh, impressive. Yeah. Incredibly disrespectful. This guy's going down. But yeah, with like the amount of concentration that he's putting into tossing this crab though, you're able to catch him unawares and you kind of blindside him a little bit. Mm -hmm. Now, the problem is 
because it's not as effective as it could be because you still haven't managed to overcome his weakness yet. Right. So instead of taking two stress, I'm going to say he's taking one stress from that. Right. Mm. And uh, I, I imagine my hands are like raised up, pushed towards him. I, I'm trying to like focus as hard as I can. And with that, I, I just yell uh, and I go, Malice, the flask! Get the flask! All right. Yeah, he looks in at this conflict that's going on, and he noticed Mustel moving that flask in and out of his jacket. He's gotten a pretty good sense of where it is. And while you're kind of distracting him, Melis is going to just try and bull rush this guy and tackle him and see if he can forcibly take this flask from Mustel the Stenchful. So he's going to roll to attack with Forceful. Getting a plus four. Mustel is going to try and dodge with quick. Only getting a plus two. <gasps> Got a lot of minuses on that roll. So Lord Melis the Wise bowls him over and they go spinning head over tail across the sand, gouging up sprays of sand in every direction as they're biting and clawing at each other. Teeth going into ears, claws raking across faces. And finally you see Lord Melis reaches into that coat and pulls out the flask. And he looks over at Shrew and tosses it towards you and says, get this away from him and is going to pass it over to Shrew. Okay, so here's what I'm gonna Shrew. All right, so I'm gonna <laughs> bolt the other direction, intentionally leave a little trail of cheese, and while doing so, I'm just drinking this. <laughs> All right, until that thing is gone, and when it is, I wanna pack it with Kasumatsu. Okay, <laughs> so here's what happens. You take a swig out of this, you're expecting some kind of cheesy flavor to come in, but it's not that. Uh, Connor, it's a taste that you in particular would probably be somewhat familiar with. This is lactase powder dissolved in water. Oh, I know what to do, boys! <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So it's a little powdery, and I'm like, hang on a second. My cheese feels different. So I pivot, and I'm jogging back with the thing. Still got it nice and full of Kasumatsu. Amazing. That's what we're gonna do. The twists, the turns. Yeah. You know, Christian joked at the end of last episode, he's milkborn and lactose intolerant. I mean, yes, that's exactly true. Lo and behold, the cheese <laughs> will be his downfall. Yeah. So this whole time he's been melting his cheese to increase his power, but it's been damaging his body. He's needed this lactase to keep the cheese from destroying him from the inside, basically. And now that he doesn't have it, you've found his weakness. All right. So uh, we just got to not die. And uh, who knows, maybe get him this flask. All right. So that's what I'm doing with my turn. <laughs> if there's anything that you want to try and roll for, then we can. But... Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I am trying to aggro this man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll say roll to overcome with flashy, I'll say, to see if you can aggro him. Okay, that is a handsome plus one. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, w it wasn't too hard to get this guy's attention on you because you've got his flask that keeps him from turning into a volcano on the inside. So yeah, his eyes are on you at the moment. Let's just say I uttered some well-censored phrases. Indeed. And I believe Bart is the only one who hasn't acted yet. Get him, Barty. And I, I look to my newfound crew around me and I say, all right, boys, let's flare that cheese. Tonight, pause for dramatic effect. 
we steal the moon. <laughs> and I'm going to try to get them all to burn the American cheese I gave them. Did you strike a pose when you said that? Oh, absolutely. Hands on okay. hips. One yeah. foot would be up and placed on something, but there's nothing there. So I'm just kind of like holding it in the air. <laughs> so these guys at your signal, you know, you've already succeeded twice in fooling them that you are A, their friend and B, have this special cheese. They all pop the cheese into their mouths and start burning it as fast as they can. And instantly like that, all of their cheddar is gone. And I'm proud to be an American. <laughs> oh boy. And they look up at the moon. They're trying to control its path and they realize that they can't pull on it anymore. One of them goes, oh no, it's out of control. Where's it gonna land? Oh no. And they all look directly at you, the one who gave them this weird cheese that suddenly just depleted all of their cheddar and they all simultaneously punch one of their paws into the other hand, just <laughs> all in unison. Oh boy. I would like to um, take a little Stilton out of my pocket, put it in my mouth, gulp, and then pass the turn to them. Wow, all you are right. gonna see and hear and feel all this really well. Yeah, I'm not gonna burn the Stilton while I'm taking the beating because okay, I would good. feel it even more. <laughs> yeah, Bart, uh, good knowing you. Look, I did what I could for this crew. If I go out, I go out a hero. Yeah. Fair. Unless I just, like, made the cheese moon fall on the breezeway on accident. It's heading right for him! <laughs> yeah, so they all just, like, grab various sticks that are hanging around the campfire, and they all surround you, and as one, they just leap on top of you and start smacking you with their sticks, oh. or going to attempt to at least. They are collectively, as a group, going to attack with forceful... How would you like to defend? I, By cowering. <laughs> I actually would like to burn my Stilton because I want to be able to see this coming and I want to do using my very clever... Um, brain. Brain. <laughs> <laughs> very clever. I would like to um, Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes style oh, calculate yeah. every strike and try and like... <laughs> Discombobulate. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, I just want to like see each strike incoming and just step out of the way where kind of like Rube Goldberg style machine, they hit end up hitting each other. Like sticks get stuck together and like they can't pull them apart. Like I want to be very clever about this. All right. Roll to defend with clever. Mind you, if I fail, it's going to hurt very bad. It's going to big hurt. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say because we're taking this risk here, like it's high risk, high reward. You could make a big old mess out of their attack here, but if it fails, I'm going to say double damage. I love it. Woo! So um, rolling a negative two would be bad right now. It would. But luckily, the crabs are on my side. <laughs> Those living caltrops are just a pinching them toesies. <laughs> oh, Lord, they pinching. I would like to re-roll mm. because this isn't about actually being clever it's about looking cool so let's do that <laughs> all right for the crabs i don't know if i've ever seen christian just take the plus two instead of re-rolling it's it's just this is why i can't go to vegas i <laughs> i gotta risk it um it's the exact same so that is a plus one epic these guys got a plus two no. <laughs> that's it I didn't, I didn't even have to roll that high <laughs> if you would have just taken the plus two instead of re-rolling you would have beaten them uh, nope so I'm gonna take two stress from this yeah as they beat you they're getting in some pretty sharp hits and uh, yeah it's going to be two stress to you oh that's smart like we're in close like we're looking from Bart's vision 
all of his senses are heightened. The music is like swelling in the theater. And then we cut to like this third person view from like kind of far away. And they're all just like smacking you with sticks, all succumbing <laughs> you. Is there like a dust cloud? Yeah, there's there's like sand shooting up all over the place. Uh, I'm seeing like angles and vectors and like lines. And from the outside, I'm just getting brained on the head with sticks. I love it. Yeah, and with cartoon physics, there's definitely a couple bang and pow and bops like action <laughs> bubbles popping up all over the place. Love it. So that does it for Mustel's crew. They're going to pass it back to their boss. So Mustel the Stenchful, he's going to try and pull himself from Lord Melis's grasp. And he knows who his target is. He's just going to rush straight for Shrew once more. He's going to burn some of his own Parmigiano Reggiano. And you see his muscles start hulking out. He crouches down and he just takes one massive leap in the air, all Hulk style, right towards you. And like he points his toes together and starts spinning downwards. He's going to try and drill those boots right into your head. Okay. This is pro wrestler style. <laughs> yeah. He's going to attack with Flashy. How would you like to defend? I would like to defend quickly by getting the F out of Dodge. <laughs> all right. So roll to defend with quick. All right. I got a four. Ooh, Ooh, pretty good. A four, all right. So here's the interesting thing you notice. As he burns his Parmigiano Reggiano and jumps up into the air, you see a wince of pain cross his face, and he clutches at his abdomen, (gasps) and all of his modifiers have been reduced by one. So he only gets a plus three to attack you. Got him! But he's a little desperate at this point, so he is going to spend one fake point to... To bring that up to a plus five, invoke Oof. his high concept aspect, Milkborn, <laughs> bringing his attack up to five. And you know what? He's really angry at you because you stole his flask. I did do that. He's also going to use that free invoke on sulfur and brimstone that he has. And let's just say there's a little extra propulsion that pushes him up off the air. (laughs) That sounds about right. So that brings him up to a plus seven against your plus four. Do you want to do anything in response to that? Yes. Uh, Other than die. We're just curious. (laughs) So I'm going to use full flare handoff control to try and hand off this freaking flask in place of getting Comet punched to death. All right. So, man, this is your stunt, and Kasuga Marzu does weird stuff to people. Yeah. You hold it out, and you realize, man, I know I just said goodbye to all of my friends, but I could really use one of them right now. You hold out the flask, and you flare all of your Kasuga at once, and you squint your eyes shut, trying to pull all of the energy out of you that you can. And when you open your eyes, the flask is gone because one of your friends grabbed it from you. It's what? not in this timeline anymore. <laughs> Whoa! Solid. Way to go, miss. And uh, the version of myself that has to deal with that, cool. <laughs> yeah. So Mustel the Stenchful is doing his like spinning pile drive directly at you with his feet. And he's got his eyes right on that flask. And as soon as it disappears, he's kind of like, wait, what? And he breaks into a little bit of a spin. So we're going to say that's going to give you a free plus two to your result. So he slams into you in a completely uncontrolled spin. He doesn't get like that drill right into the top of your head like he was hoping, Mm -hmm. but you do both kind of sprawl into the sand and you only take one stress from that instead of three. All right, I'm up to four. And he looks down at you and he grabs you by the lapels and starts shaking you and he's just like, what did you do with my flask, you hideous little beast? And he smacks you across the face. I chuckle. (laughs) 
Mustel the Stenchful is right. Where's the stink come from, Mustel? What causes the stink? <laughs> and it goes into an anime-style freeze frame where it, like, zooms up on his eyes and there's the action lines going past. <laughs> uh, Mustel the Stenchful is going to pass it back over to Ellis, let's say. Ellis is uh, feeling really winded. But while they are distracted, is going to pull out her only weapon, a tiny little dagger, and is going to hold it and, like, close her eyes and whisper, Mists guide me, and chuck it right at his back. (laughs) All right. I'll say, since you're invoking the mists, we can have that be flashy as your attack there. Love it. He's going to try and defend with Clever to see if he notices the dagger coming. It's only a plus two. Got a plus five to defend. Uh, This guy's good at this game. (laughs) He's like winning. Uh, I have one fate point left. I'm not going to use it right now. All right. Yeah, Mustel, he's smacking Shrew across the face. But even in that moment, he burns a little bit of Stilton just to make sure he's aware of his surroundings. Hears the dagger coming and dodges out of the way at the last moment. And as the dagger flies past. Shrew, you can see once again that wince cross his face. You hear the gurgling in his stomach. And once again, all of his modifiers are going to reduce by one. Oh, yeah. However, he did manage to succeed with style on defending. So he is going to get an extra boost himself. And the boost I'm going to give him is straight up revenge. <laughs> He's just <laughs> mad as all get out at this situation right now. His lactose intolerance is getting the best of him. And he's like, I got to end this soon or it's going to be bad for me. Got some gas powered revenge coming on. (laughs) Yeah, that's all I'm going to do. And I'm going to pass it off to Shrew, actually, because I at this point I look over and I go, holy crap. Just getting beat over there by a bunch of these rats. So sorry, are you passing it to Shrew or to Bart? Bart. Oh, okay. Right. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, After taking enough of these hits, I stopped burning my Stilton because because ouch. Yeah. <laughs> totally backfired. I'm going to just kind of cower on the ground and look up at the moon. And I would like to invoke our last free aspect, Majora's Mask. Ooh. And I would like pieces of the moon to start coming down. And uh, if one could hit the guys around me and somehow not hit me, that'd be nifty. <laughs> if it has to hit me, I'm not burning Stilton anymore. So maybe I won't feel it so bad. So this is, I mean, this is the definition of requiring a luck check to see what happens. <laughs> I'm going to say that is not going to be with any of your normal modifiers because it is just a luck check. But if you're using that free invoke, that does mean a reroll or a plus two if you need it. Well, boys, do I take the reroll or do I take the plus two? I think there's only one answer to that question. Rerolling now. (laughs) So when I reroll, do I have to take the new roll? Yep. (laughs) Well, it went from a minus one to a minus two. Oh, dude, the breezeway is going to have three very cool new ghosts pretty soon. (laughs) As it's falling, I just say, have them build a statue of me. (laughs) Since this is a chunk of cheese hurtling at you at entrance velocity, I mean, some of it's getting melted off in the atmosphere, so it's not going to be as heavy as it could be, but also it's going to be a little bit molten, so it's kind of magma-esque. I am going to roll... A bunch of dice. Yeah, you are. I want to hear those picky clack math rocks. Rain down. Oh, that's a beautiful sound to hear. So all of these rats are smacking you with sticks, just having a grand old time, and one of them feels something against his cheek. A sizzle happens, 
and he looks down, sees this melted glob of cheese, looks up and sees the moon breaking apart into pieces and one chunk coming straight towards you guys and his eyes widen, his pupils contract down into mere pinpricks and he just goes, oh my goodness. And then the moon (laughs) slams into the sand, goes spraying across the entire beach. Crabs are flying everywhere. (laughs) Everybody takes seven stress. Just before it hits, I just want to look up at the guy who noticed and say, you shouldn't have brought a stick to a cheese fight. It's a good line. (laughs) Is it a good line to die upon? (laughs) All right. So you take seven stress. Man. I'm not dead though, right? Because like I still have consequences. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you're taking seven stress. You can assign those two consequences or to your stress track as you please. I want to say major. Severe. Severe. Thank you very much. (laughs) Yeah. I would say there would be a severe consequence for the moon following I will gladly take a severe consequence and then four stress. All right, so here's the severe consequence I'm going to give to you. Is it death? (laughs) Your severe consequence is blinded with science. (gasps) As this melting cheese slams into your body, you try and block it as best you can, but you can't prevent it from seeping through the cracks in your eyelids, searing your corneas. So as blind as you were before, you're super blinded at this point. (laughs) You have contracted double blind. Oh man, guys, that stilton is not going to do me much good except to feel the excruciating pain that I am in. (laughs) So yeah, you're going to have to learn how to navigate by sound and feel and smell and taste alone. I wonder how many of my nerve endings got burned off from the cheese. This could be a problem for my future self. (laughs) A little bit, maybe, maybe, maybe. So... I guess that's your turn. That's my turn. <laughs> okay. Severely maimed. This has been fun. How are the rats looking? Uh, what rats? There aren't any rats left here. <laughs> you mean the soup? <laughs> this festering pile of fondue with some meat in it? Oh, <laughs> man. Well, I would like to pass uh, my turn to them. Uh, they're dead, so they pass it over to Melis the Wise. <laughs> they're getting their afterlife sorted out. <laughs> Maybe we should have gone to the breezeway, guys. <laughs> All right, so Meles is going to start stomping up behind Mustel. We're like looking up from Shrew's perspective at Mustel the Stenchful. He just dodged the dagger and he reaches up his claw to take a strike at you. And you hear a voice shout from behind him, Mustel! And the camera pans over and you see Lord Mellis was standing in his silhouette with his sword at his side, all samurai style. And he says, I come to avenge my brothers and sisters who you left to rot in the sands. And he starts rushing up as fast as he can, burning his Parmigiano Reggiano. And he is going to do a massive spinning attack with his great sword, going to attack with forceful. Get it. Getting a plus one. No. Not amazing. We'll see how Mustel the Stenchful does to dodge with quick. Don't get it. He gets a plus two. No. We have no free invokes. We have invoked them Used all. Used them all. Melis the Wise, though, can use a fate point to try and improve his role. He's going to invoke his aspect, avenging my brethren. 
And if I just give him the plus two, that's only going to be one point of stress against Mustel, which isn't a Roll ton. it. Roll, Roll it. it. Do a Christian. Do a Christian, but <laughs> Do better. Do a Christian. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's in his blood wrath right now, so Ooh. that's on brand for him. We're going to re-roll, mm-hmm. bring it up to a plus two. So they tie. <laughs> he still did we'll it. take the boost. On a tie, he takes a boost. The boost that we're going to give to Melis the Wise is straighter up revenge. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Mustel, he reaches out. And he actually does like the catch the blade between the hands maneuver. Classic. He did the death clap. Mm. And they are face to face caught in this gridlock. And at this point, yeah, let's give Shrew a turn. Okay, I'm going to bite his hand. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Simple enough. I've had it with this big evil man. I hope this is what takes him out. He smells like my grandma's house. Oh, boy. Go ahead and roll to attack with forceful, let's say. Uh, he's going to try and defend with quick to dodge out of the way of your bite. That's a three, mon ami. So I should probably mention last time when he caught the blade, he was burning, so that reduces his modifier by another one, mm. but he still does get a plus four to defend. Ugh. Can I use a fate point? You can. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll just add two. All right, there you go. So he tries to dodge out of the way, but you are too quick. You just chomp right into his hand, and he starts, like, flailing you around, trying to get you to let go, but you are hanging on there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's one more stress against Mustel the Stenchful, the second that he has taken so far this combat. Yeah. <laughs> so now we're at the top of our next exchange. Uh, Shrew, who would you like it to go to? I mean, I got a mouthful of hand, so I'm going to wink over at Ellis. Okay. Seeing that whenever Mustel is burning, he gets injured, he gets hurt, I'm going to try soothing everything but his fury to where he does just get this blindness to where he is forced or like his initial instinct is to keep melting his cheeses. Interesting. Roll to create an advantage with flashing. Plus four. Ooh, nice. All right. We're going to create a new aspect on Mustel the Stenchful. That aspect is enraged. You guys are going to get two free invokes on that. Yay! So yeah, you soothe everything except for his rage. It's kind of like in The Princess Bride when Inigo's fighting against the Dread Pirate Roberts, and after a while, he just loses all form, and he's just swinging wildly with his sword. That is the state in which we currently find Mustel the Stenchful, just a desperate rage. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And I go back to Shrew. Okay. If I have any Kasumatsu left on my person, I, I just want to try shoving it down his throat. All right. Make him burn it, yeah. It ain't called the most dangerous cheese for nothing. Yeah, I'll say go ahead and roll to attack with Quick. Okay. He's going to try and defend with Forceful to keep his jaws clamped shut. Positive three. He gets a plus two. <gasps> Yeah! Use some of that cheese in your mouth, evil man. (laughs) Yeah, so you have his hand clamped in your mouth, and he's so focused on that, he doesn't realize your hand going into his mouth (laughs) at the same time. (laughs) So just a mutual hand-in-mouth kind of situation. Ain't I a stinker? (laughs) And so you shove the cheese into his mouth, and it hits him with such surprise that he just gulps it right down into his belly, and uh, those maggots start going to town inside there. Yeah. It's a weird sensation for those who do not melt Kasumarsu often. <laughs> yeah, and so as soon as it hits his stomach acid and kind of flares up, you hear the gurgle, you see the wince, and he's going to take a stress from that. Who would you like to go next? 
I'm gonna hope that my uh, melted friend who just had the moon dropped on him is okay. <laughs> I'm sending thoughts and prayers over to Bartholomew. <laughs> Good, vibes. Good vibes. Good vibes. Thoughts and prayers received. <laughs> As I'm fighting off unconsciousness and everything, I would like to flare my Stilton so I feel Ooh. the pain. Why? Keeping me aware, sharp, uh. in the moment. And I'm gonna take these mole claws, rip off the cheese and the rat disguise, and I'm gonna dig. <laughs> and I'm gonna go underneath his toesies. All them crabs are gone. So what are these? Stabby, stabby from under the sand. Whoa. I'm gonna try and stab his feet like I'm a crab. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Using my stilton to sense where his footsteps are. <laughs> yeah, you've got like some tremor sense going on here. So yeah, roll to attack with Sneaky. He's gonna try and defend with Clever. This is the weirdest Tremors sequel. Yeah, <laughs> Kevin Bacon isn't even in this one. Hey, that's a plus three. He only got a plus two. Yay! I would like to use a fate point, and I would like to use I can hear your baggage from here. All right. And I'm going to add two. Wow. You heard it here, folks. The plus two heard round the world. <laughs> that is three stress. Yeah, so the damage to the bottom of this guy's feet is kind of unprecedented, actually. <laughs> And yeah, he starts hopping around, yipping and hollering. That is going to do it for you, I suppose. Who would you like to go next? As he is distracted from my pointers, I'd like that badger to have his day in court. All right. So, Melis the Wise, seeing Mustel the Stenchful kind of being distracted from all sides, he drags the tip of his sword along the ground and is going to go in for just like a straight downward stroke, just trying to like twain this guy completely. So he is going to flare his Parmigiano Reggiano. He's got straighter up revenge. He's going to use that. Let's just roll initially to see how that works out for him. That currently is going to put him at a plus five. Yeah. But he is so upset. So, so, so upset. He's going to use those two free invokes on Enraged yeah. against Mustel the Stenchful, bringing that up to a plus nine. Oh, talk about unprecedented. Mustel is going to try and defend with Quick. Good luck, idiot. You don't often see the same result on all four dice. That's a minus four. <laughs> <laughs> This is a legendary action. Oh. I mean, that's a shift of, I'm not the math major here, 13. We just use a sledgehammer to hang a photo on the wall. <laughs> we knocked the whole wall down. <laughs> we go into slow-mo. We're like zoomed in close on Mustel's face. Everything is just falling apart around him. He had all of the power that he could want. He had the moon itself in his clutches. And he looks up and he stares at that moon as it begins falling down towards the earth, just watching it disintegrate into pieces, all of them spraying off like sparks in various different directions. And as he watches everything falling apart in front of him, from behind, a massive cleave like a hot knife through Velveeta, <laughs> as Mustel the Stenchful falls to his knees and then falls apart, now physically as well as metaphorically. <laughs> well, we ruin the tides forever, but at least the breezeway will go back to normal. Um, what are we gonna do about that? I say, blindly pointing up towards the sky. This was always where my story ended. <laughs> I'm climbing into some of that molten cheese. I don't wanna go back to my village and face the music. I grab onto Shrew and I say, our story's not yet done here. Remember the prophecy. 
There's always another prophecy. <laughs> and I just uh, look at all of them and be like, will you just get to running? <laughs> and uh, I just shove them toward, back towards the forest away from the beach and urge us all to run as fast as we can. And with our heroes rushing away from the sight of this fight, Mustel's cold eyes staring up at the moon that looms ever closer in true Sanderson fashion, we end one story, solving the problem that we set out to send at the beginning, only to learn that there is a much bigger problem behind it all. And that is where we're going to conclude the story of Miceborn. Hey guys, we couldn't have gone off the rails because there never were rails, but- The rails were out of the equation. What, yeah. what in the world? <laughs> oh I my goodness. Well, Brandon Sanderson, I hope you're impressed by what we did here today. Yeah, you're welcome. Or at the very least, intrigued? <laughs> Honestly, as long as it's not disappointed, we'll take it. <laughs> yep. Well, everybody, thanks so much for listening to Improv Tabletop, and we'll be back next month with more adventures in a brand new setting. If you want more, go ahead and subscribe. Maybe even give us a review. We would be as happy as a crab who was taking a joyride across the ocean if you go ahead and give us a positive review on the podcatcher of your choice. We're also all over social media at Improv Tabletop, so if you'd like to suggest either a setting for us to play in or an aspect for one of our characters to use, you can tweet about us or comment on one of our posts using hashtag ImpTabSetting or hashtag ImpTabAspect. Let's do a round of plugs! As always, on this same feed, we have our Avatar Legends campaign that is ongoing. We're getting into some very deep and twisted machinations in the city of Bossing Say. Oh my gosh, I'm loving it so much. It is mind-bending. Haha, maybe we should change it from being the GM to being the mind-bender. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we also have our sister podcast, I Cast Fireball, which is a D&D 5e actual play where we go through the campaign Tyranny of Dragons. What? What? Let me tell you, it is a party and a half. One of my favorite NPCs of all time. You know, I don't want to spoil anything, but we mentioned a favorite NPC earlier in this campaign, and maybe there's something going on with that. You just have to listen to find out. <laughs> but aside from that, I would also like to plug some of my favorite music to have on in the background while I'm working. One of the things that I like to do while I'm editing these podcasts is just have a low, steady stream of music going in the background just to keep things interesting. And what I've been listening to so, so much these days, there is this YouTube channel called SNES Drunk. I love it. This guy is all about retro games and he has tons of videos on his channel where it's like, hey, here's this old SNES video game, like uh, Legend of the Seven Stars, the Super Mario RPG. Yeah. Is this game still worth playing today? Of course it is. So good. <laughs> but he like <laughs> digs into a bunch of these old games and talks about them in a sort of modern context about, you know, not only what they did for the genre at the time, but also why they might be still worth checking out today. But he has on his channel these massive compilations of SNES music. And the most popular one, it's just called Three Hours of Relaxing Super Nintendo Music. He has three of those videos. So there's like nine hours of just awesome, relaxing 16-bit music. I just play that in the background while I'm editing these podcasts. And it is a beautiful, chill time. So go check that out. Now, Connor, is there anything that you would like to plug? Yes. Okay. So <laughs> today is Taco Christmas uh, as yeah, we are recording this final yeah. episode. Merry Taco Christmas to everyone. I've been having a splendid Taco Christmas. I spent my evening playing a quick little RPG called Franken, an independently made role-playing game. 
in the style of the original Final Fantasy or old Dragon Quest. I don't know how to explain how fantastic this game is, but just take my word for it. It's free. You can play it pretty easily. Just Google Franken, you know, like the first half of the word Frankenstein. <laughs> I don't really want to give anything away, but I was in stitches the whole time. The game itself is only between 30 minutes to an hour. If you want to go and laugh your booty off, check that out. I also spent a little bit of time with a game that another one of our cast uh, has mentioned before. It's McKenna Steele, who brought up <laughs> Turnip Boy Commits Tax Evasion, <laughs> which is another one I've been playing lately, and that is fantastic. The humor is marvelous. You're, you're a turnip. The end. <laughs> Beautiful. Now, Christian, is there anything that you would like to plug? Uh, yes. A bit of a different kind of plug than I think we've seen here before. I'm going to give you a recipe for how to cook crab. The first thing I'm going to say is don't be intimidated. You know, fresh crab, non-frozen crab, just taking like the legs and stuff. You're going to take a pot of water. You're going to get it to boiling. You're going to take the crab leg, unseasoned, put it in the water for about 8 to 10 minutes, take it out, and immediately eat it. You put it in butter, you know, melted butter. Guys, it's so easy. I don't know why we don't do it, except for the fact that it's relatively expensive at times. I don't know why we don't do it more. It's basically eating a giant spider, and it's so easy. So I guess my plug is try new foods, try new things. Oftentimes it's easier than you think. Especially when they're associated with the phrase, it's basically like eating a giant spider. Yeah. That sounds delicious. I mean, it is, right? Yeah. Isn't it? To be fair, it is. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? I'm going to give you a method that's even quicker. Just drop a molten space rock of cheese yes! on top of them. <laughs> oh, man. Then it's already seasoned. Then it'll actually taste good. Yeah, got him. There oh, you go. Okay, well, <laughs> we need to get back into another combat, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. We're, we're going to take care of that after the recording is over but I'm going to give Thomas a chance to plug something if he would like to. Uh, not really a plug but just thank you so much for listening thank you for going out of your way to share this with Brandon Sanderson to DM <laughs> him on Twitter with this campaign specifically. Him and all of the Dragonsteel Entertainment folks over there. Thank you for writing letters, campaigning <laughs> to have them listen even to sound bites of this to bring any sort of Stormlight slash Dragonsteel merch our way to Tab over here. I just appreciate all of you going out of your way so very much to help us out in this, as we too have this goal to get Brandon Sanderson to listen to at least a episode. I, so just thank you on our journey. Thank you so much. And um, let us know how it goes on your end, and we will let you know how it goes on our end. Yes, thank you all so much for all of your hard work that you have already done so far. <laughs> Far. I would also like to plug a book called The Secret. If you project it into the universe, it'll happen. <laughs> but for real, it would be a dream come true if we could just get good old Brando Sando to say that he checked out what we did. Truly. <laughs> Can you imagine? Even just a thumbs up. Yeah. Well, thanks everybody so much for joining us here in the world of Miceborn. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and I've been joined by... Connor, termites do $30 billion worth of termite damage a year would. Christian, uh, Sea Spider, Randall, and Thomas, grateful for your campaigning efforts. Much love and stuff, everybody, especially the people who are sending us to Brandon Sanderson. <laughs> we'll catch you next time on Improv Tabletop. And there's minor something and major, minor, medium and major consequences? Minor, moderate and major. Oh, moderate, yeah. Minor, moderate and major. Gotcha. Or rather mild, moderate and major. 
Okay. Love it. Mild, moderate, and severe. Dang it. I should look at my references. <laughs> Man, why don't they all start with M? That's a missed opportunity. I was going to say, you'd think that they would just keep with the M theme if they've got it going. Come on, boy. <laughs> Come on, Evil Hat Productions. What you doing here? Just kidding. We love you. You've created a beautiful game. That brings us much And we joy. love playing it. We love playing it so much. Feel free to sponsor us. <laughs> Can you imagine? Feel free to sponsor us. ImprovTabletop.com. XOXO. <laughs>